0: Welcome to The Coaching Question. This is a podcast for people who want to know more about coaching, how to commission it, when to use it, and really what's it all about. Join me, Gregor Finley, and Sarah Turner, two executive coaches, for an honest conversation. And today's episode. We asked the question, what can we learn about change from COVID-19? Sarah, I am sure that you are having lots of conversations about COVID-19. What's your input on this question of COVID-19 and change?
1: As you know, there's a number of models that can be really useful when we're looking at change, and I'm sure we'll go through some of those in the session today. But actually, one of the key things that I'm noticing in my coaching is a need for structure. So I was working with a client the other day, and for her, it's this whole challenge of blurring of boundaries with everyone working from home. It's this tendency to not have a clear end to your day, which when you're commuting into the office, And you have to catch a particular train or collect your child from childcare or get home to see your partner, um, whatever that might be. That enforces an end to your day. You see your colleagues leaving the office, so you leave the office. And what's happening with COVID is we're all working from home and there is no clear end to that day. You can just keep working, get to nine o'clock, which is what happened to this client and think, oh, I haven't had my lunch yet.
0: I've been getting exactly the same thing on the dog walk this morning. I met a a lady she manages in a large insurance firm, and she's got a young guy, 22, and he is just, he's practically falling apart because he has very limited capacity or capability of establishing structure. So he is working till nine o'clock at night, and she's saying to him, come the end of the day, say 5.30, you have to put your laptop away. And so I think the need for leaders is just to be cognizant about the real need for structure, how the routine of the office imposes structure and we don't even realise it's there. Mm. So we need to create that structure for ourselves and that's going to come down to the leader doing that for themselves, first of all, and then for their people.
1: And I think with this whole uncertainty that we're all experiencing, particularly in relation to job security, is leading people to work even more.
0: Uh, Yeah, I know that's one of the things a couple of my clients are having to deal with is trying to calm things down a bit because people are worried about their job security. So they are overworking. They're trying to prove themselves so much that they're overworking. And so we need, again, it goes back to this need for structure. And I don't think people realise that structure is a need. There is a need for structure. Mm. And the little kid wants a sweetie, they're going to keep on asking for that sweetie until they get it and need will drive our behaviour.
1: So one of the things I'm also noticing is the importance for leaders to signal those boundaries as well, because they may well be feeling as insecure about the security of their job as their people. And so equally could be vulnerable to this overworking. So sending emails at 11 o'clock at night or on Sunday afternoon. But actually that I think they need to be even more conscious of their behaviour and the impact it's going to have on other people.
0: Yeah, they they do need to role model this even more, and I think that's where we are, we are playing a valuable role here as coaches, because mm. where do the leaders take this yeah. to? Because they're feeling like under exactly the same pressures, the same uncertainties, it's the same need for structure. And that's one of the valuable roles coaches can play is help people. I think some partly just from our, our greater psychological understanding. Yeah, I think we can help people become aware of the things that they're just simply, the things that are pulling their strings that they're just not aware of. And we might go into neuroscience and scarf later on. But yeah, I think that's a valuable role we can play. I was thinking about this, we discussed it a bit, this need for structure really goes through all sorts of the change models that we tend to use in organisations. Think of the Kubler-Ross model that people tend to use. And I always think it's quite strange how people, oh, it's a change, let's apply Kubler-Ross whereas Kubler-Ross came up with it dealing with terminal cancer patients in their book On Death and Dying in 1969. So it's a negative change curve. and People are trying to apply it in positive change situations. But it is actually perfect here for COVID-19. Because shock, everybody's shock surprise. Everybody has been shocked and surprised. Denial. A lot of people are in denial.
1: Absolutely yeah yeah and I think this plays to denial of the, the actual level of impact that this is going to have on the society as a whole Because often in coaching when we're dealing with change more often than not we're dealing with organizational change so there's a degree of control around that because the the leadership team have made decision we're shifting our strategy we're going in this direction therefore making these changes. There is an element of control around that and certainty and a vision we know where we're heading and why we're heading there. Doesn't make it comfortable necessarily for everybody, but at least they know what we're doing and why we're doing it. Whereas this is happening at, at such a high macro level, a societal level, we don't know what the future looks like for sure. There's a lot of talk out there about how the world has got to change. We have got to be doing things differently as a result of this. And I'm sure there'll be a lot of positives out of that, such as more agile working and working from home. But I think a lot of people are in denial. When we're back in the office in September, when we're back in the office later in the year, we don't know that we're going to be or exactly what that's going to look like yet.
0: Yeah, I think the denial, the anger, I think partly is people's really comfortable structural elements have been removed. Mm. And because it's been removed, that's a bit scary. You know, people may not know that. It might be an unconscious fear, but basically their structure has been removed. They're going to be in denial about that. They don't want it to happen. Then they're going to be angry about stuff. It's interesting in all the organisational models. I was looking at the charts for Kubler ross and all the images on Google image search now. They have frustration and they don't have anger. Yeah. So I thought that was quite interesting. People would, maybe it's not okay to talk about anger anymore. But anger, frustration and then bargaining. I don't really need to just go out once a day. I can go out two or three times you know people are pushing the boundaries yeah they want to bargain about this
1: I was just going to say what I really like about the Kubler-Ross model and although I appreciate that as you say it is perhaps more of a negative model is it names feelings and I think that what I'm noticing with clients is they're feeling overwhelmed they they are noticing all of these different emotions coming up in themselves such as overwhelm such as shock or denial or frustration. And actually just being knowing that it's okay to feel the way they're feeling and encouraging them to name those feelings can be quite powerful.
0: Always getting people to name feelings. Mm. And if you can name it, you've got some measure of awareness and then at least a semblance of control over it. Mm. I just realise as we're talking, as if everybody knows the Ross model, but I should just go through, it's shock, denial, mm. anger then bargaining, then we get to depression, and then we go through exploration and finally into acceptance. I think the exploration has been added in there from an organisational perspective. I think she originally just had depression and going to acceptance. But I do think this need for structure goes through practically the, the, that whole process.
1: And it's important to note also with the Kublai ross is it's not a linear model, is it? So you don't necessarily go through all those things in that order You might move about, go backwards, go forwards.
0: Yeah, I think overall, the idea is you go through it. But yes, people jump about from piece to piece. But the other thing I think that leaders need to be aware of is that some people get stuck and you don't know they've got stuck. So some people will still be in denial, but they're acting as if they've accepted it. Yes. We shouldn't just assume, oh, we've been in this change for two years, everybody's through the change. I think I was telling you about the story about working in a manufacturing environment and two years on from an organisational change, when we really pushed them in the workshop and got people to admit where they were, a whole bunch of the managers were still in denial because they were waiting for the new boss to come in, thinking it might change back to the old way. So I think we're going to be dealing with a lot of denial about the changes in COVID for a very long time. Yeah. And I think we should be cognizant of that.
1: Yeah. And people have long memories, don't they? I've worked with organizations where they're still talking about change that happened a number of years ago and they haven't really let go. Very similar to your point about the denial, is change can be painful, it can be bruising. And if people aren't supported as they go through that change it can be really hard for them to move on.
0: I know, like me, you're a big fan of the Bridges model of transitions. Maybe you could tell the, the listeners about Bridges.
1: What's lovely about Bridges is its simplicity. So there's three elements to the model. So William Bridges talks about the three stages of individual experiences during change. So he talks about ending, what currently is, the neutral zone, and then the new beginning. And in coaching, often when we're working with change, the first piece is around the ending. A transition starts with an ending.
0: I was going to say, first of all, he's very, what's the word, he really makes it very clear that we're not talking about change. Change is all, always happening. Yes. Mm. It's very clear that this is a transition Yes, that we're going to, that we need to very strongly signal what is ending. And I think that's one of the, the really difficult things for our leaders at the moment is to be clear on what is ending. Mm. It's, that's quite hard. You have to signal that the old way of life is over, But we don't know by how much because we are in the, I I thought that was, you used the technical term, the neutral zone. But he also talks about a no man's land, doesn't he?
1: And I think that's true. How can we be really clear about what is ending here? Because it's been forced upon us. We didn't ask for this. And we find ourselves in this situation with huge uncertainty, which takes us into the the more neutral zone. But actually, how do we get clarity about what we're letting go of?
0: Yeah, I'm tempted to just go quiet because it's an answer I don't have. I think it's the answer our clients don't have. But I think what we can help clients do is to get clear about what is ending. For example, we can be clear that for at least the next six months, we are not going to be in the office. So that world has ended for now. And the new reality is that, so I think maybe breaking it down, there can be ends and starts. One of the things about defining the neutral zone or the no man's land is that it's okay to be in there. Yeah. And that's where the creativity occurs Mm. and just accepting it's okay to be in no man's land. And then when you can get clear on what the new beginning is, You can signal a strong start.
1: Yeah. And he talks about how the neutral zone, he uses this phrase, how it's the seedbed for new beginnings. I really like that use of language. And I've heard lots of people talking about at the moment. And I guess what I want to highlight here is, although we don't have that certainty about exactly what we're letting go of and what the future looks like, what we can bring about some certainty or what we can control ourselves in our own individual lives thinking a little bit about what's within our control and what's not in our control. If we think about what is in our control, what what's the seedbed for new beginnings? What are some of those things that perhaps we want to let go of, we choose to let go of, because we find ourselves in a new place now where those things don't serve us anymore? And therefore, what does that mean for our future and, and the next step?
0: I'm smiling because I'm, I'm thinking about a couple of conversations I've had with clients. Certain clients who are quite naturally creative and have quite restricted by the standard organisational norms, maybe the real influence of uh, finance in terms of controlling things, Mm. that they've got this. some of this creativity is getting unleashed. And also, it's that thing about we can use this as an opportunity to really change things in a positive manner. Mm. And I think I'm picking up some frustration between those people who would take that perspective and those people who are still in denial and don't want to let go of the old world
1: yeah
0: i think that's a tension we're going to see with our clients and have to deal with mm. yeah so i just like the simplicity of bridges they've been very clear about signaling an end signaling a start and, and it's okay to be in this no man's land but that no man's land is not comfortable is it
1: no and i think that's where a lot of us are at the moment and that's why we feel what we feel and we're feeling this frustration and perhaps we're still in denial as well.
0: But this brings us on to the model that you and I are aware of and that's the SCARF model which is an acronym that we use for certain elements uh, with neuroscience. This is from David Rock isn't it? Yeah David Rock's the person who's done a lot of work on this and we'll, we'll put a reference to some David Rock work in the initial the notes and SCARF essentially is a I use it as a lens where we can take a leader through SCARF and through them applying that lens, they can see how they can either help people be in a way state or a towards state. So David Rock talks about away states. And towards states is when you are positive towards something and you're getting the good neurotransmitters, you're getting dopamine, you're getting oxytocin, etc.
1: Yeah, and he talks about how you might see something as a reward. And that's where you would move in
0: the towards state. Absolutely. So S stands for status. And the example I use is that if I'm doing a, so I'd like to cycle. But if I was doing a sportive and I'm going up a hill and I happen to pass people on the hill, I actually get a little burst of dopamine because in that moment I'm better than them. Yeah. If I'm honest, about yeah. that's how it feels. You do feel better because you're beating someone. Maybe that's a negative aspect, but you do get a little burst of dopamine. Mm. So there is this thing about the S is for status. So how do we help people have more status? They're going to get some dopamine. So therefore, in this environment, probably reward and recognition is even more important.
1: And I think particularly with everyone working from home, it's very easy to be to feel invisible, to maybe not speak up as much in team meetings or team calls, or perhaps not to receive that feedback. So something that I think in the current situation could trigger people either to be in that towards or that away state, depending on the situation and how important it is.
0: Absolutely. I think C's probably the the biggie that both of us have been thinking about, and that is certainty. People hate uncertainty. I
1: was going to say, that links us back to the, the structure conversation we started with, because certainty gives you that that clarity about expectations and goals and schedules and predictability.
0: What I notice with clients in change environments, that they get overly concerned about what is uncertain, and they get caught up in the narrative that their teams have about all the uncertainty. And once you apply the scarf lens, you can see oh, it's my duty as a leader to refocus people on what they can be certain of. In most change environments, quite often it's, it might only be of the people that are negatively affected or 20% of the things in our normal day are changing, but there's 80% that we can be certain of.
1: Mm. And that leads it into quite nicely into A, which is for autonomy, and that gives you a sense of control over events. And again, picking up on what you've just been talking about there, what can we control? And as I was talking about a few minutes ago in terms of that seedbed, what are the things I do have control over? What boundaries can I put in place? What do I need to do to look after my own well-being whilst I'm going through all of this uncertainty?
0: So status, we can increase people's status, certainty. We can really focus on what we can be certain of. One of the things we're certain of is we're in no man's land, and that's okay. A is autonomy. As long as we can help people put enough structure around things, they can have autonomy in certain areas, and that might be related to creativity. The R stands for relatedness, and this is... uh, Relatedness is the positive feelings you get when you are together with people that you trust. For example, your team.
1: And I think this is an area at the moment with COVID that is really having an effect on
0: people. Yeah, it's huge. Oxytocin relatedness releases oxytocin is sometimes called the love hormone but it is that really positive feeling you have with people. And I think it's going to take a while for people to get used to using tools like Zoom to bring in that connectedness that people can feel. What I am noticing, which is a real positive, is because people, for example, people with kids, they have to have their kids at home and homeschooling. But because their partners are home, their kids are at home, they're getting into the back of the picture people are getting to know oh, yes. the intimate details about their uh, colleagues' lives yes. that they didn't get to know before.
1: Yeah, and I think that's really quite quite powerful and heartwarming. My two daughters are generally leaping about, doing cartwheels and all sorts, behind my husband on his nine o'clock call every morning with his team. And, and his colleagues love it.
0: And I think that probably increases relatedness. Yeah. So, that's one positive element. I think we're getting, we're going to get more of oxytocin, we're going to get more positivity out of that, and we just need to build on that. And the final uh, letter in scarf is F, which is for fairness. And that can be quite a difficult one to deal with because it's the most powerful negative one. It, it hangs around for the longest if people think something's unfair. Yeah. From my learning about change, sort of organisational change, is what's important is the process is seen as fair. Yes. Like it may be unfair that someone is losing their job in a, in a downsizing, for example, but what's important is the process is seen as fair. So one of the things you can argue whether or not the government is doing things rightly or wrongly but I think they are trying with their consistent communication I think consistency is also important but I think they are trying to make things come out as things are fair across the whole of society mm. I'm not sure if fairness is so relevant to this but Definitely the scar of scarf. All those are really highly relevant in this situation.
1: Yeah. And I think that how the model can be really helpful is is understanding that everybody's needs are different. So what threatens one person might not affect another in quite the same way. And when I've shared this model with clients, quite often they've come back to me and said, oh, my God, that's completely switched the light on for me. Now I understand why this person's behaving the way that they're behaving.
0: It, even if just that one thing comes out of this podcast, that people can going to look at Scarf and think of it as a lens that they can look through. Mm. and look at their team and they can say, "Okay, what am I doing to impact positively or negatively all these different elements of scarf on my team in an award place or an away from place?" And for me personally, am I being put in towards state or a, a away from state mm. by this?
1: I mean, I would even go one step further and say, I think yes, it's useful to use for yourself. But what about if you've got the team together for a team? meeting. probably can't do off-sites in, the, in in quite the same way, but you could do it virtually. And just share one or a couple of these models. I want you to have a look at this in advance, have a think about how you're feeling, and let's have a let's have a team discussion about where we're at and what's going on for us, what's working well, what's not working well. Yeah,
0: and by sharing the bridges model and people um, agreeing where they are, yeah. you increase certainty. Yeah. And the very act of doing it together will most likely increase relatedness. Absolutely. Everybody's in the same boat everybody feels together in no man's land so all these things do gel together yeah hopefully people um have found us um, and we've just been having a chat really about change and covid but hopefully people have got some uh, really useful stuff out of this conversation
1: yeah it's been great i've really enjoyed it so thank you
0: yeah well, i also enjoy a good natter with you say that you know that <laughs>
1: So thank you for taking the time to listen to our show. We appreciate any feedback and we're keen to respond to any questions there are out there about using and implementing coaching in organisations. So please email us on info at thecoachingquestion.com. And as we've mentioned, we'll share more details about each of the models in the show notes. Please do give us a rating on iTunes or your preferred podcasting or video platform. It really helps us to spread the word to a wider audience.
0: Thank you, Sarah. Bye-bye.
1: Bye.